when I was at school, Adam Hamilton and I went to school together. Yep. And Were you smart in a way because you write so wonderfully well? Was English always yeah, your strong point? I was either really good at one or two things and just horribly. I was the first, true story, the first student in the history of Geelong College to fail woodwork. Okay. Yep. And that's what, um, we called him Pinus because he used to call Pine Pinus. I can't remember yep. his real name. <laughs> and he said to me after I tried to make a breadboard and salt and pepper shakers out of wood and I forgot to hollow out the salt and pepper shakers to put the salt and pepper on. And he, uh, said, you're the first student. He said, I've been here for 150 years and you're the first student ever to fail. So I was crap at most things. Um, and Adam Hamilton and I started working doing a radio show for 3CS Colac with Mr. Yep. Peel, one of our teachers. And that's what to Meg Zelkington's place to do a story on Vitalik before the Blue Diamond against Zedative and et cetera, et cetera. So I did a few odd jobs and then somehow got into the sporting globe. So I have no idea why. Where did you learn to write so well? Like is is that did well, you thanks for saying did that. Did you did someone teach you how to do that? My mum was very artsy and very well read and all that sort of stuff. So no, it's just everyone's got a little thing, I think, you know. So I just happened to have a be all right. And did you used to – Who? what was your biggest break in journalism? Uh, well, what happened was I was a hospital orderly, worked in a stock feed store, did a teaching degree th- till the Easter holidays. So that lasted about yeah. eight weeks uh, at MCAE, which used to be at Melbourne Uni, on the corner block there at Melbourne Uni. And – I'd always loved horse racing and, and writing and all that sort of stuff. So I got in touch with a guy called Neville Wilmot, who was the editor of the uh, Sporting Globe. And I said, look, I just basically want a job and I've got no qualifications at yeah. all. And he said, you've got no chance of getting a job, but go and do a typing course just the same, just in case. And he rang me the very next week. There's a group of staff, Darren Bardsley, Kid Ryan, Chris Bassani, all his staff decided that they wanted to go and see the world. And just said, I'll oh, stuff this, we'll, we'll go and see the world. And he, and he ran up and said, I've gone from having a full staff to none. Can you come in and start, you know, just come in and do stuff? And it sort of basically started from there. Because so. it's not easy to get a gig at the Herald Sun. Well, what happened was the Sporting Globe shut down because the sales had been terrible for, there was actually a very funny 60 minutes episode that we all laughed at where, um, they interviewed Rupert Murdoch and he was sitting in his office at Fox Studios and behind him was a few of his mastheads and the one right in the middle was the Sporting Globe. And we were laughing because Rupert didn't realise that they'd been selling only about 3,000 copies a week for about 10 years <laughs> and he didn't notice it. So so it, it closed down and a few of us got absorbed into the staff of the Herald Sun, Herald Sun Racing Department. Brian Meldrum was in charge. There were so many... Oh, there was about 10 of us there, and then it got whittled down to... Biggest racing story that you've been involved in? I think the one I was most proud of doing, and I, Dennis Huxley was the, the the guy who pushed me along to do it, was finding Hayden Hightana 20 years after Fine Cotton. Okay. And I found him in Goolwa in South Australia and went over to South Australia and sat down with Hayden Hightana, who... And he, can you explain who he Hayden was the is? trainer of Fine Cotton oh, and okay. Bold Personality, the two horses. And there's this incredible story that it still gets added on to all the time about. <laughs> there's a guy called John Gillespie who was the grand orchestrator of it. It wasn't Mick Sayers. It was a guy called John Gillespie who was the most ghostly criminal you've ever come across. You know, you'd, you've only seen photos of him, a blur driving down the road and things like that. He's, he's a myth, but, um, so he organised the whole thing 
Um, Hayden Hytana was on in Boggo Road Jail and ran into John Gillespie, and that's where they started talking about this idea. Now it was Hayden Hytana's brother was in there, and then he, my brother's a horse trainer, and let's let's get this thing this road organised. So anyway, it all took place, and twenty years later, I managed to find Hayden Hytana in as an odd jobs man in Goolwa. He was doing a little bit of work for Jenny Gow White on Hind Marsh Island. And anyway, he lived in the back of his car, in the car park at the, at the back of a pub, it was full of stuff. And he, I did it for a magazine and he told me what he called the real story of fine cotton. And there were elements of it that had never been touched on before about how, well, who knows what he was the truth and what wasn't, but he said the real fine cotton was going so well that he wanted to swap them back mm. and run fine cotton instead of bold personality in the ringing because fine cotton was flying. Oh, and he okay. wanted to run the legitimate horse. But the, there was thugs everywhere at the time hawking over him, Gillespie's thugs. So how much money did he get paid to? Oh, next to nothing. And you so know what? why did he do it? I just got lulled into it. Just well, He was a fairly simple guy, Hayden, and he died a couple of years ago. Um, he just got nothing else to do. Yeah, why not? Why not do this? And uh, But he was the, like a lot of racing criminals. He was the loveliest guy you'd ever meet. Over in Goolwood, he was um, the odd jobs man who just all he did was help people out. And the only fee he got for the telling me the story for the last time was a slab of Melbourne bitter that I got <laughs> at the bottle shop and then dumped it in the back of his car on top of all these... On top of all these goods, so how 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 come he was so hard to find? I can't remember how he was hard to find. That's why I thought when you asked what's the story that you because it was a hard get yeah. to, mm. to find Hayden Titana, and I'll find the story one day. I'll find and, it for you. And, and um, that was the time where like journeys at the Herald Sun. There was a few that you were probably given the assignment that you, all right, Maddie, I don't care if you don't produce a story for three weeks. Just find that that. That, you, you that did, person. You did have that luxury back then yeah. a little bit because we had a lot of racing riders. And uh, uh, so just getting back to the customs story, okay. if we got time, what do we got? Yeah. So dad was fed up with me doing nothing, basically. Jumped out of my uni course and all that sort of stuff. And he actually signed me up for customs and excise. And I had to sit a, an exam at Melbourne Uni, like an entrance first step type thing. And then I had an interview at the World Trade Centre with three seriously scary people and they're all in uniform with all the things on the side, you know. The, and the, one of the questions they asked me was, if you were at a party or a gathering and illegal substances were being consumed and bandied about, would you A, ignore it, B, report it to authorities, or there was a C as well. I can't remember what that was. And I thought, they might be testing me for honesty here. This might be an honesty test. So all I said was, look, to be honest, I reckon I would... And this was a totally innocent answer. I said, look, because I was off duty and, you know, people were allowed to go about their lives, I don't think I would report it. And I remember there was two men and a woman. The woman looked at me and said, have you ever been in a job interview before? <laughs> and I said, not really. So... Fair to say, I, I never advanced further okay. with customs and excise than that. So, Hey, Harry, did you ever have that particular um, question asked to you? Oh, yeah, you get um, vetted all the time and they have plenty of scenarios like that, even to the point where I think I disclosed something. I said, oh, I've tried, I tried something as a teenager and they wanted names of people. They got me on that one too, like to be honest. 14. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you see, it's, I did the same thing, you have to be honest, but then they're asking about names and if I still associate with them. It, it was about, what, I was 14 years old or something like that. Was, but, it, but it was weird because they, they they wanted you to lie, which was they wanted you to just tell them the answer that you, they wanted to hear, yeah. but I thought honesty would have been the best policy, but it never really is, to be honest. Maggie, you've, you've had your hand up for a little while. I think you were going to ask Matthew a question about his journalistic days. Yeah, I was. I was just interesting to see you talked about that story with the Hayden Hightower and the amount of work that went into it. I think, you know, when you were working at the Herald Sun, there would have been so many sports and racing journos and we've seen a mm. lot of that go to the side. And, you know, we're, are we missing some of this, you know, the old Max Presnell style writing yep. and the stories of racing that I loved yep. growing up and reading those pieces and yep. the Les Carlines of the world and those pieces. It's I feel like sometimes it's just the churn and burn each week. You know, yeah. we're we're focusing on a cox plate, then we're moving on, and we there's the story. So do you yeah. think we're missing that? I, 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 and I did write. I did a piece on this a, f- a few months ago about what happened to the racing riders, and we had a staff between the the sun the herald sun sporting globe and all there were probably 20 of us you know seriously specific greyhound riders and mm. and every there were varying skills there's there's no but but Shane Templeton was a magnificent rider and still is for winning post and Keith Hillier wrote the funniest story I ever read about racing when the races were called off at Ramwick when he was up there and uh he so in order to fill in his day, went and sat in a TAB in Kings Cross for the whole day and wrote a story <laughs> about the weirdos that were in the TAB <laughs> in Kings Cross. And um, Ray Huxley wrote he wrote a story about a colleague of ours, Kid Ryan, who died in Hong Kong, and he wrote the most beautiful tribute about him. And I remember that. And I agree, Mags. And uh, yeah, I I think there's a bit of a young. I'll tell you who's good, young Jackson in yep. that other room here. He he writes beautifully. So there, yep. you know that. Yeah, it's a bit of a regret that this racing's being seen through a different prism now about the punt and the benchmarks and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, there's still a lot of great stories there. So many great stories. And I think we we still have – we got this radio station, yep. RSN.net, Country Racing Victoria. I think you can still tell the Sam stories. Sam very good. Yeah, it's just um, they're not in, in the Herald Sun like they used mm. to be or the age. Dean Lester, he can tell a story. Legend of the game.